Welcome to Regal's RyeCast, where we share all things LiDAR. I'm Nikita Gridden, Training Coordinator for Regal USA. This series features interviews with industry experts from around the world, innovative LiDAR applications, best practices, workflow advice, and even exciting news about hardware and software. Podcasts are produced by Regal at the North American headquarters located in Central Florida and available worldwide through our Regal newsroom on www.regal.com. Please visit our website to subscribe to the newsroom. Simply input your email address and click. It's that easy. The regal.com website is a great place to find detailed information on the many LiDAR scanning, hardware, firmware, and software products that Regal provides. Or request more information or a call from a Regal specialist. In today's RyeCast, Michael Sitar, Regal's Executive Management Consultant, has the pleasure of speaking with Nick Ferguson, VP of Strategy and Business Development at Enview. Enview works on developing artificial intelligence software that is focused on improving 2D and 3D analytic capabilities. This dramatically increases workflow efficiency while decreasing the probability of error. It's incredible to think about the difference in tech from 10 or even 5 years ago to today. As we listen in to today's episode, ask yourself, what challenges or delays have I experienced during a project that would have had a different outcome with AI? How powerful is AI tech when working with bulky LiDAR datasets that can take months to deliver? And what's the next step for AI in the LiDAR industry? Let's listen to Michael's conversation with Nick as they dive into this topic. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to RyeCast, Rego USA's new podcast platform for geospatial topics and technologies, with a special emphasis on LiDAR and imaging solutions for survey applications. My name is Michael Sitar, and I will be your host for this installment of RyeCast. The topic we will be exploring today with our guests, Mr. Nick Ferguson of Enview, is artificial intelligence and its benefits for LiDAR and imagery. What is artificial intelligence, or cognitive computing, or machine learning? These are terms we often hear when discussing the topic of big data and analytics. According to Merriam and Webster, AI is a branch of computer science dealing with the simulation of intelligent behavior in computers. It's also the capability of a machine to imitate intelligent human behavior. Well, more specifically, AI is the broader concept of machines or computers that have been configured as a decision system. That decision system makes predictions on the probability or degree of uncertainty of the objects it is trying to identify. A feedback loop enables the algorithms to learn from earlier mistakes to improve the probability of results moving forward. In other words, AI is the process whereby decisions are made based on the environment and data that is input to the system. And it does so with the inherent advantages of a computer system over a human, such as speed and lack of bias. We also hear the term machine learning and deep learning. Both are an application of AI. However, machine learning is a rules-based system employing algorithms to parse data, learn from that data, and make informed decisions of what it has learned. Important to the process is the input of training data sets to teach the algorithms. Deep learning goes one step further and structures algorithms in layers to create an artificial neural network, similar to how our brain operates, that can make intelligent decisions on its own if a prediction is accurate or not without the need for additional training data sets. With the advent of the internet, the availability of extremely large data sets for analysis have made AI much more attractive and internet search engines now employ AI as a matter of course. In the geospatial world, Technical innovation in sensor design and manufacture 
has meant a proliferation of high-resolution imaging devices that are available, not only to the mapping professional, but also to the general consumer. This means more data with larger file sizes. When combined with the application of AI techniques in cloud computing, we really are at the threshold of a geospatial renaissance for automated information extraction and intelligence. Nick, welcome. Thanks, Mike. It's good to be here. I'm pleased that you're able to join me this afternoon. AI, when combined with LiDAR and imagery, is such a hot topic nowadays. However, before we dive in, tell me a bit about yourself. How did you get involved with LiDAR? What's your story? Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, good question. So I was uh, celebrating a friend's birthday in Yorkshire, UK, shortly after completing school. I asked him what his new job involved. And he said, oh, I'm heading to New York tomorrow to shoot lasers from a helicopter. And I thought about it. I said, oh, do you mean airborne LiDAR? And he said, yeah, that's right. And so I'd studied this uh, form of remote sensing uh, alongside uh, physical geography at Durham University, UK. Uh, so I found out the name of the company that he worked for and contacted them the next day. At that time, the company consisted of a few people working in an attic above some old stables in a medieval market town. And what followed was a crazy whirlwind experience over the next 10 years, working with energy companies in the Middle East, India, Australasia, Europe, and North America. Uh, and alongside some very talented colleagues, I helped to build a successful business that was acquired by uh, Trimblewink in 2017. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I had a similar thought, what better way could there possibly be to see the world and get paid in the process? <laughs> um, little did I know I would still be hooked on everything 3D 20 years later. So how did you get involved with Envue, which is really a software company? You started off in hardware data collection, and now you're with Envue which is primarily focused on software development. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, yeah, so about a year or so after the acquisition took place, I was starting to think about what was next. And around that time, two highly charismatic and intelligent entrepreneurs from Silicon Valley got in touch, Dr. Sanginawadanar and Krasimir Pipakov. And they said to me, oh, Nick, you've got to come and check out this uh, new technology that we have. Um, so I popped down to San Francisco and uh, it emerged that they'd made some strong advances in the field of artificial intelligence and large-scale cloud computing applied to unstructured 3D point cloud data. Uh, so I saw the possibilities immediately uh, within the context of an industry that remains bottlenecked by the linear relationship that exists between volume processed and number of people required to do that processing. Typically, a company will need to increase its workforce or outsource in direct proportion to the increased volume of work one. Uh, so you're quite right in, in the sense that I you know, made that transition from professional services to software product. And in many senses, I represented the, uh, the type of buyer with the kind of problems that Envue intended to solve with, uh, with the application of AI uh, packaged as software. Nick, can you talk me through how Envue empowers the geospatial industry to remove the bottleneck that you described earlier? Yeah, absolutely. So let's take Aerial LiDAR as an example. And uh, to do this, I'd like to introduce a fictional character. Uh, we'll call him Powell. So Ops Director Powell faces many challenges that we run into a lot in the geospatial analytics world. He has responsibility for LiDAR collection, production and delivery, in line with his company's commitment to provide timely, accurate and mission-critical data to several customers concurrently. In this incredibly challenging role, he must determine priority, allocate resources, and troubleshoot bottlenecks to get the job done. 
I can sympathize with Director Powell. The airborne mapping industry is, is certainly challenging, whether it's personnel, weather, aircraft, sensors, software, there always seems to be something that conspires to delay project timelines. As a manufacturer, it's usually our objective to ensure the sensors are operational at all times should things go south. Uh, what strategies can we implement to get them operational again in the least amount of time possible? And of course, these and other challenges can be compounded when there are delays that funnel to the downstream processing team. So can you expand on these challenges in the post-processing portion of the Envue workflow? Yeah, absolutely. So to think about the three main challenges, uh, first off, data processing is inherently manual. It's typically done with heroic levels of manual labor, adding months to the process. Um, also, there's uh, challenges when that's done via offshoring. So, uh, you know, the current data flow is both cumbersome and time consuming. The data collection and the point of need is widely dispersed from the points at which the, uh, the analytics are performed. And this takes, uh, adds weeks or months to the process with massive amounts of data being shipped across the world to these, uh, these processing centers. This is also starting to raise some uh, data security concerns. Uh, particularly in the states where companies would prefer to uh, to keep their data within country. A sort of third challenge is that software is still licensed installed on individual computers. So with this traditional software licensing, it means that operators must typically make an upfront investment in software that may or may not be fully leveraged. And that causes pain as it limits the compute power to local machines, which impacts speed and capacity of the company to deliver. Yes, lots to think about for sure. So how does this impact our poor friend, Director Powell? What does this mean for his business? What's, what's the impact on geospatial companies? Yeah, so there's lots of impact. So first of all, in terms of scaling the workforce, in the case of Old Powell, his company bid on one several projects at the same time, uh, but must now attempt to double the size of the workforce in a matter of weeks. This is compounded by uh, delays that Powell's experiencing caused by things like weather, staff shortages and reflights due to corrupted data. Uh, on top of that, there is uh, some schedule uncertainty. And because of the sort of large volume of uh, humans involved in the process, the error margins around uh, expected delivery dates can be quite large. So this is uh, causing sort of stress and uncertainty for PAL and the possible schedule delays also creates uh, issues for customers. Um, to try and catch things up, he's asking staff to work uh, overtime on these projects, but he's also asked the same thing for the last several months. So staff uh, burnout and churn is increasing in likelihood. Uh, as the company uh, gets further and further behind where it needs to be against uh, customer uh, deliveries, they stop paying their invoices or they pay them late. So these cash flow concerns are compounding, and this is keeping Powell awake at night. Uh, the bank balance is looking concerningly low. But Powell's biggest fear is uh, another round of, of layoffs after completion of these projects if he and his fellow colleagues can't find enough business to support the organization at its current level of staffing. Well, I, I sure hope Director Powell has good health insurance. What you just described for us is probably more the norm than the exception for many mapping companies. So where does Envy fit into the picture then? How are you able to help poor Mr. Powell before he ends up on short-term disability? You know, what, what has Envue physically built to enable his processes? Yeah, so Envue has built a cloud-based software-as-a-service platform that sits entirely within the web browser. So it provides democratized access to AI and large-scale cloud computing to automate LiDAR post-processing. So typically, a user would pull in something like a, a LAS file, 
Uh, they click the deliverables they want to produce, such as classified point clouds, DTMs, DSMs, change detection, feature extraction, feature change detection, things like uh, you know how vegetation is moving over time, and uh, object to object clearance. So, for example, between vegetation and conductors, they then hit go. Uh, the system will provide results back to the user, displayed via the web interface and available for download uh, and integration with third-party applications. Well, that sounds simple enough. I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes to enable this simplicity. Can you give us some insight into how long it takes? Yes, yeah, so the length of time is dependent on the size and density of data. I ran the city of Vancouver through on Saturday with literally a baby in one hand and a laptop in the other. After uploading, it took 6 hours and 47 minutes to process 7.3 gigabytes of data. This is 44 points per square meter over 40 square kilometers. It's a dense urban area with lots of buildings and tree canopy cover. It would take weeks or even months to hand label a data set of that size via traditional workflows. That sounds extremely fast. Can you give me some more specifics on the AI and the cloud computing? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So MVU's um, venture capital funds enable the company to place large investments directly in the data science that sits behind artificial intelligence applied to large instruction 3D point clouds. Uh, you know, so that we're not repurposing TensorFlow or, or other applications. Uh, we've built the geospatial AI from the ground up. Uh, this allows us to do things like uh, automated labeling of the point clouds um, through both machine vision and the application of heuristic algorithms. Um, in terms of the, the cloud computing, side of things, which really brings a lot of the sort of speed and capacity benefits. Uh, the back end of the system segments the data sets into thousands of tiles. It puts each tile inside a container that includes its own operating system and code. We then spin up thousands of CPUs and GPUs to crunch the data. Um, the user sees the results of this process through the deliverables that are available for viewing uh, in MVU Explore. Um, and they can then, as I say, download them into uh, uh, third-party applications from that point. Well, that certainly sounds impressive. So what's the practical impact of this? Yeah, so firstly, in terms of speed, MVU Explore is uh, several times faster than legacy approaches. Um, we've also been building out tools that make it even faster still. So for example, we currently have the ability to uh, drag and drop data into the platform itself or connect to things like S3 buckets for um, sort of directly reading uh, you know, large volumes of, of LAS files. In terms of speed, due to the huge economies of scale created by deploying AI in the cloud, MVU can process and classify data very uh, economically that allows us to be price competitive with other approaches. Uh, in terms of accuracy, we're accurate to about 98.5% for vegetation. That vegetation class is, is genuine vegetation. There's nothing like you know fences or low objects uh, incorporated in a catch-all low vegetation class. Uh, we're about 93.5% for buildings and about 84% for power lines. And of course, we've got further updates planned. We uh, roll out a new version of the products every four weeks. Uh, so we also had to reduce risk in terms of our friend, Mr. Powell, uh, reduction of the risk of negative client references due to delayed delivery and also helping people like Power to resolve cash flow issues through harnessing the power of this automated 3D data processing. Nick, you mentioned speed. With time being the big constraint for everyone, I would imagine that is the primary advantage of implementing NVU software. What does this exactly mean for geospatial companies then? 
Yeah, so firstly, recovered time, so ability to unblock the uh, the workflow, uh, recover lost time, and even indeed to exceed customer expectations. And then in terms of cash flow, so having customers pay invoices on time on the basis that uh, most contracts are set up based on value of work done. Uh, early delivery means early payment. Also, more opportunities won. So uh, this uh, capability for both onshore secure data processing and greatly enhanced speed help house companies to win more work and also eliminate therefore the need for things like layoffs. So it gives them a competitive advantage and improve work-life balance as well. So good old Mr. Powell is uh, finally able to sleep at night and receives uh, gratitude from across his workforce. Yeah, yeah, yes. Our poor Mr. Power, he, he regains his sanity and hopefully saves his marriage in the process. Um, do Enview plan on any future enhancements to the Explore module? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got some exciting developments uh, uh, coming shortly. We'll soon be exposing in our front end classification capability we've built out in our back end. So things like roads, water, vehicles, and bridges. We're also building out APIs and plugins for third-party applications. So for example, Esri. Early next year, we'll have support for mobile LiDAR data and also the ability to generate synthetic training data, meaning that LiDAR could be deployed in entirely new locations where there's no pre-existing training data and be able to get the job done accurately the first time around. Really? If you don't need real-world training data sets anymore for new terrain types, then it sounds like you can really increase the efficiency of the processing effort. Is that the case? Yeah, exactly that. So, um, you know, it sort of removes the, that requirement for previous data to exist in, in a similar area or geography uh, for the training to take place. Um, it also expands the use cases that the technology can support. For example, if there is a disaster in a remote location affecting remote communities, it opens the possibility of uh, you know, directly deploying LIDAR in that particular geography for the first time and helping to uh, save lives and coordinate efforts on the ground. Excellent. Enview Explorer sounds like a real tangible improvement then to productivity and timelines and ultimately to company profitability. However, what is it about Enview's solution that benefits the community at large? So Enview's vision is to provide the confidence to perceive and navigate a rapidly changing world and in oil and gas, this means helping to prevent spills and explosions from pipelines that may be caused by things like uh, geohazards, changes in depth of cover, third-party activity. Uh, for electricity transmission distribution, this means um, helping to mitigate wildfires, preventing safety issues posed by inappropriate clearances between overhead lines of vegetation and other objects. Uh, and for the military, um, it means things like rapid uh, humanitarian assistance and disaster relief. So, you know, the example I previously mentioned, uh, perhaps an area has been uh, hit by a, a hurricane in a remote location, being able to quickly deploy this uh, uh, technology in a way that makes a, has a genuine impact uh, on the lives of the people on the ground. Ultimately, we think that automation will drive larger scale and more regular use of LiDAR data sets. Uh, that will benefit our LIDAR community at large. That's fantastic. Can you give our listeners uh, a little look into the secret sauce that has allowed Envy to develop this capability? Yeah, so Envy was incorporated in 2015. It's a venture capital-backed company that has raised seven rounds of funding. Uh, the company is based in Silicon Valley to access AI talent and also capital. The most recent round of funding closed in May 2020. Uh, this was oversubscribed and closed at $12 million. Our funding enables us to invest directly in the science of AI applied to 3D geospatial data. 
Uh, the company itself was founded by Dr. Sangin Wardana, who got his start building satellites for the Air Force, went on to do machine vision for NASA, completed a PhD in machine learning from Stanford. He then wanted to do something more practical with his time and decided to head out to Afghanistan, where he was embedded with coalition forces. Uh, during his time there, he saw the amazing power of 3D data to save lives, but also the inherent limitations in the software and processes required to turn this information into actions on a meaningful timescale. Well, I think San and his partners are certainly on the right path. In many applications, actionable intelligence in real or near real time is the holy grail for the use of remote sensing technologies. For those where timescales permit improved productivity leads to doing more with less and ultimately translates to increased profitability, or in the case of our Mr. Powell, maybe more time to enjoy his job. So Nick, how does Enview see things progressing in the future? What's the prediction for the next five to 10 years? Yeah, that's an exciting and sort of a thought-stimulating question. Uh, I think we're going to see some emerging trends over the next five to 10 years uh, that are going to be particularly interesting in, in the LiDAR industry. So firstly, I think LiDAR sensors are making the transition from industrial to consumer applications. So recent examples would be things like autonomous vehicles, higher non-autonomous vehicles and iPads. And uh, you know, similar to personal photography, post-processing will likely become the exception rather than the norm. And Enview is already catalyzing this process in the sense that post-processing or, or parts of it are being able to be moved to the cloud to really catalyze and speed up that process. Ultimately, I expect analytics to be co-located with the sensor for a seamless real-time or near-real-time experience via edge compute. For industrial applications, this will unlock a wide range of new use cases. Um, and as you said at the start, I think that will enable a, a new renaissance for the LiDAR industry. Exciting times. What about industry trends? How are they affecting your business? Yeah, so LiDAR scanners are coming down in weight and price. Several industries are now deploying LiDAR as an operational process rather than an ad hoc or one-off activity. Yeah, so an example there in the, uh, the pipeline uh, midstream market, typically LiDAR would have been used for you know, just sort of greenfield design work, also as built of uh, existing infrastructure. Now we're seeing a shift so that it's being used by several pipeline companies for ongoing monitoring. So looking at sort of environmental external threats to pipeline integrity from things like geohazards. So these kind of trends are driving high volume of capture and the pressure for professional services companies to scale and deliver in a way that meets their clients' expectations. And these service companies are therefore looking to Enview to uh, enable that ability to scale. Well, that's an interesting comment on LiDAR becoming an operational process. Sounds similar to the NERC mandate for utility companies to map, predict, and mitigate risk to their assets by employing remote sensing technologies. With all that recurring collection and data analysis, AI and Enview solution with Explorer sounds like a real ideal option. What about geospatial companies and their long-term viability? Is there a business model change required for them to remain competitive? Yeah, so I think the power of the cloud and artificial intelligence is creating opportunities for uh, services companies to rethink their workflow to offer a stronger value proposition to their customers. It's more important than ever to harness this new technology to maintain a competitive advantage and create growth opportunities. Absolutely. Nick, a little off topic, any funny stories or anecdotes worth sharing? Ooh, um, yeah, so there's, uh, there's one that comes to mind that I think is, is relevant. So I recall I was working with a colleague in the Middle East several years ago. Uh, he was using LiDAR software that was locked to individual computing nodes via a USB dongle. 
Uh, the dongle snapped in two at the worst possible time as the projects were behind schedule. And it would have taken us several days to, to get a new dongle. Um, so this guy drove to the shop to buy some super glue with the idea that he could sort of put it back together. Of course he did. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, rather than waiting until he returned, he tried to glue the USB dongle back together on the go. And so he returned to the office with the two bits of dongle glued to his right hand. Um, you know, it seems uh, incredible in, in retrospect. Um, but yeah, you know, although this is sort of a funny story, the thing is, if we'd been using Anview, the data would have been in the cloud in the first place, as would have you know, been the software, and we would have been late. Uh, on the project, so yeah, that's um, hysterical. <laughs> you just added another use for super glue, or or maybe you created a better argument for Gorilla Tape. I'm not sure which, or better yet, uh, use Envue Explorer. If people would like to trial Envue Explorer, how can people contact you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, if you would like to trial Envue Explorer, just uh, get in contact. It only takes me a few minutes to uh, set you up with a, a user account. It's quite a, a quick process. Um, and then you can have a go yourself, push some data through. And I think the, the proof is really in the pudding with these things. Um, you know, chuck some data through, see the results for yourself, and then let us know if you uh, if you have any feedback. Envue as an organisation is uh, is customer led, and so you know from our user community, uh, you know, we take that feedback and uh, you know help develop the uh, the next iteration of the product. So you can contact uh, me on LinkedIn at uh, Ferguson Nicholas. Uh, or you can just head over to envue.com uh, and use our messaging tool that you, you can find on the website there. Fantastic. Nick, it was a pleasure to speak to you today. Thanks so much for sharing Envue's initiatives in this area. Okay, yeah. Thanks, Mike. And uh, thanks, Regal. The world of AI is really changing the world we live in and our perceptions and knowledge of it. I believe from the geospatial perspective, AI is a benefit and enabler to our future. Its impact on boosting productivity, reliability, and profitability applied to so many different market verticals and applications is going to be incredible. Whether it is environmental monitoring, manufacturing design, agriculture, utility management, and endless others, AI will be a positive influence on a very grand scale, and its potential is really yet to be seen. I can't wait to see what Envue has in store for us in the coming years. Take care, everyone, and thanks for listening in. Thanks again to Nick Ferguson and Michael Sitar for sharing on the Regal RyeCast podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to our RyeCast anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you've listened to all our episodes and hungry for more, check out Regal's Ultimate LiDAR webinar series through our international newsroom on www.regal.com. You, the Regal users, give us the best stories to tell. We appreciate your suggestions. Send us your ideas or comments to communications at regalusa.com. And as always, have an ultimate LiDAR day. Until next time, Nikita signing off.